Are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, asked the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. So, uh, my apologies. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. It occurred to me while driving into work today that the entire premise for our show is wrong. Well... And I don't just mean today's show. I mean the overall uh, tenor of our project, which is employment. The tenor of our project. Yes. That we're just wrong. I'm a base, not a tenor. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it... We've been selling this idea for years. I've actually believed this theory for years. That... America was tired of the whole I'm right, you're wrong, polarized politics, and that was going away. One-sided all the time, right? One-sided all the time. No matter what, you ignore obvious flaws on your side, pretend they don't exist. And when your side does what the other side did that you were yelling about last year, you just pretend you don't remember it. Correct. That is the way politics has been on talk radio and uh, and, and cable news channels for years. Mm-hmm. And I ha- honestly believed it was over and there's a big hunger for, for moving away from that. And I think I've been wrong all this time. As I read this interview with Jimmy Kimmel where he just said, I don't care if Republicans never listen to me anymore. I don't want to talk to them anyway, basically is what he said. And, and that's and, Kimmel. And he's getting better ratings than he's ever had since he started doing that. The reasonable Same as Colbert. Kimmel. The one mm. who hasn't taken a side, Fallon, just keeps sinking lower and lower. I have been wrong all these years. You have to pick a side. You have to go with it. That's the only way to succeed in the show business. Well, as you may recall, I've been hedging my bets on the very question, saying it's either a great idea or a terrible one. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, well, I, I, you know, I've thrown in my lot with bad idea. <laughs> it's bad idea. I'm not sure I have any more craps left to give. I've checked in the office. I thought there were a few there. I I, I can't find any. So uh, I don't care. I I really, I don't know. The idea, well, yeah. Truth, justice in the American way. You're like standing up for what's reasonable and the rest of it. It's a frustrating business. It's a thankless task. Except for people who thank us for it. There are some things. It is a thanksome task. But not enough. 
So I just I just think the whole premise of the program has, has been wrong all this time. Why don't we just bitterly mock everyone, I everyone, yeah. until we have no listeners? Well, we're closer to that, but um, not the having no <laughs> listeners, but the mocking everyone. But uh, no, we're actually doing very, very nicely in terms of the business. I don't have the ability to do that kind of show where you pretend your side is always right and the other side's always wrong. I just don't have it in me. Well, maybe you ought to get it in you, huh? CNN called. I'm too tired, Coach. Get back out there. That's what I say to you. Your soul just needs a good stomping down. I'll have to read the excerpts of the Jimmy Kimmel interview that led me to this conclusion. It's really interesting. Just tell your soul to shut up. Shut up, soul. Hey, plenty of people have done that. Prostitutes, you know, uh, hired murderers, various drug dealers who sell the kids. They've just stomped their soul down till it doesn't talk to them anymore. Most politicians. Right. It's a question of self-discipline. And frankly, I find you lacking. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to your soul like a child. Right. God, grow up. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Trump and McConnell, together again. Reunited, and it feels so good. More in love than ever before, and ready to do the work of the American people. (laughs) Hilarious. Hilarious. Let's kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, wearing uh, powder blue. T-shirt. How are you this morning, uh, this morning, Michelangelo? I'm doing very well. I uh, I'm making a change in my life in the sense, based on our article yesterday about smartphones and iPads, and you know we're always looking at these devices. I really last night I didn't have any TV, no iPad, nothing, and you know it was really nice actually. So I'm not giving it giving it up, but I'm just I'm really going to start limiting it, it to just a certain amount. Is it because you just fell asleep? No, I wasn't because I just fell asleep. Like I your just, story at the movie. I just needed a break from this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never taken a break from uh, the whole uh, staring at the phone thing and regretted it. Never thought, well, that was dumb. If that's that, that hasn't happened to me yet. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. Have a, uh, a fun new TV show. Well, the show in and of itself is not that fun. It's one of those... Uh, it's a fictional show. It's based off of a, a book that was based off of a true story sort of thing. It's uh, set in the 70s. It's very much like a, uh, it's one of those, there's a serial killer, we gotta catch him, what's going on in the mind of a serial killer sort of things. Like, like a, that sort of thing? Like a, Very much like a Silence of the Lambs, kind of Seven, the movie Seven sort of feel. Uh, it's called Mindhunter, it's on the Netflix, so feel free to watch it at your own leisure. I'm only two episodes in, but I think it's uh, I think it's excellent. I can't wait to watch more. Mindhunter? Uh, Mindhunter is the name, yes. Mm. Maybe I'll watch that with my kids. Sounds like the sort of thing a five-year-old and a seven-year-old would really enjoy. Mindhunter's a mind-blower. I give it three and a half stars. (laughs) Back to you. (laughs) Joe gets flown to Hollywood a lot to do his reviews, because they're all like that. Oh, absolutely. What else do you want? What other shows are you watching, Sean? Uh, Mr. Robot came back for season three. Mr. Robot is Mr. Terrific in my house. Can't wait for the next step. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'll let you know when the tests come back. Anyway, got a blood test yesterday, met a very nice phlebotomist. There you go. Oh. Hit on the phlebotomist. Well, as long as you're jabbing me, what's your number? Ah, she's a fan of the show. Fabulous. You're jabbing me. How about I jab you? Oh, 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 oh
Wow, instead of going more partisan, he's decided to go more coarse, everybody. <laughs> wow. How about that? that wow, is, that's a yeah. bad setup. I was going to go back by the lab again today. I <laughs> wasn't <laughs> listening just then. Edit that out of the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Upside having your blood drawn. Thank you very much. Oh, cool. Wow. You know, I got my guy Pong that I discovered oh, who's right. really good at uh, drawing blood, and right. I, I always request him. Like a touch like an angel. It's like having a waiter you really like. I always request Pong, and he's really good. Although last time he took blood from my son, my son threw up. Oh, so horrified. I'm not sure that had anything to do with Pong. Uh, Look at this. Front page USA Today, and I hadn't even seen this yet. Jimmy Kimmel gets political and ratings soar. See, there's there's way more money in ratings in picking a side and acting like your side is right. Always. I'm trying to tell you that. I like when Joe talks out of the side of his mouth so the, right. so the audience can't hear. Well, you know, it's not till we unveil the new show. <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, October 17th, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. All right, here we go. Off and running according to FCC rules and regulations. That'll never change our respect for the FCC. Here we go at Mark. To abandon the ideals we have advanced around the globe, to refuse the obligations of international leadership and our duty to remain the last best hope of Earth for the sake of some half-baked, spurious nationalism cooked up by people who would rather find scapegoats than solve problems is as unpatriotic as an attachment to any other tired dogma of the past that Americans consigned to the the ash heap of history. The ass cheeks of history. Yeah, it's funnier if you think he says ass cheeks. You know, like, I'm not familiar with that reference, but I like it. <laughs> he gave a really uh, impassioned speech. It's getting a lot of attention, and we'll play uh, portions of it. John McCain, who who knows he's on the way out. I mean, the doctor said his chances are slim. So, it's time for big government liberalism to be consigned to the ass cheeks of history. <laughs> so we'll Henceforth talk more known about his ass cheeks speech. That was seen as a shot at Bannonism, yeah. if you will. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, we got progress on the fire lines, drugs are controversy blowing up big time, and Harvey Weinstein's empire continues crashing down. We've got the latest on that and more coming up 635 Armstrong and Getty. This shall be our finest flower. I mean, hour. <laughs> you, you, you hate to have your big speech moments. Dang it! <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, the test audiences hated the end. We're, uh, we got it back in editing. Destined for the ash cheek of history. That's right. (laughs) So we have a lot to get to today. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. A lot of people on the uh, text line begging us to continue to do what we do. But I'm just telling you, there's more money in ratings than picking a side. It seems pretty clear to me now that that era is not only not over, it is growing. It is absolutely growing. Well, when you have the late-night comedians, and that's a section of show business that has been painstakingly even-handed, really since the advent of television. If you have that going over to the I'm picking a side and going with it, you know, end of things. And, and getting rewarded for it. It's right, working. That's pretty damn clear what's yeah, going on. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I appreciate the folks weighing in. I want to talk about that a little more later. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, we it's just interesting. Than... It's interesting, you know, not for our show, what do you care? But um, uh, just for America, for, you know, our, our national conversation, it's interesting that we've decided we want more of the, you pick a side and just take in information on that side. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of the national conversation, mailbag. I uh, have decided to section off a number of wildfire-related emails and feature them uh, on their own time. Some amazing stuff from some some fags who have been affected by the uh, fire. So uh, thank you for your notes. Oh, whoops, that's out of order. What is it? You're out of order. Who cares anymore? Uh, there's a nice picture of uh, Jabba the Hutt trying to stick his weird tongue in Princess Leia's ear. And it's captioned, Harvey Weinstein the Hutt. And he's saying, hi, I'm a producer. As he has a poor, innocent woman in his clutches attempting to force himself upon her. Now, there's like ten more actresses that have come out since yesterday morning with their horrifying story, Some of Rape. Yeah. With Harvey Weinstein. And, yeah. um... One from over the weekend I wanted to read from because he talked about, or she talked about how disgusting he was, like your Job of the Hut joke you just did. Mm. Uh, worth pointing out, in again, in our ill-advised, stupid, and short-sighted attempt at even-handedness, we had a beloved listener actually go to the trouble of detailing uh, with uh, names, dates, and the specifics of the allegations, all the women who have uh, accused the current sitting president of sexual assault, groping, harassment, etc. Really? So there have been many, many of those. I would like to hear that. I remember I... it from the campaign. Because yeah. there was a lot of that in the campaign. Whatever. Whatever. Seems like 130 years ago. Uh, people send us uh, visual stuff. I don't know why we're a radio show, but I like this one. It's uh, graffiti on a fence. Spread anarchy. And that is uh, spray painted out. And it says, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I like it. Anarchists of the world unite. Mr. E and Chico writes, please, please, please tell the Courtney Love story. Spend a mere 20 seconds on it if that's all the time you can spare. I love it when people dish about that crazy hag. Crazy hag? Mr. E, that's a little uh, dismissive. Woman's the mother of a child, a, a fine songwriter. Our, and, our ex- and a crazy hag. Our experience with her would, would show that she is absolutely a crazy hag. <laughs> so we, right. we should tell that story later because it's a pretty decent story. All right, the Courtney Love story coming up. We'll do it. We'll do it for you, Mystery, because you said please, please, please. The question of smartphones, social media ruining a generation. If you missed it yesterday, go to the hot links section at armstrongandgettyradio.com. Read the piece in the Atlantic. It is rather lengthy. Uh, but it talks about some uh, shocking, shocking changes in the mental health of America's young people. And it is absolutely attributable to uh, smartphones and social media. And I mean, the you know, the stat that's that's just mind blowing is that the suicide rate among 10 to 12 year old girls has tripled uh, since like 2007 or something like that. It's just a, a mind boggling. Well, think how different the life is of a 13 year old girl today versus just 20 years ago. In terms of what you're doing most of your day, it radically different. Yeah, yep. A- Amy and Marin uh, writes. She has a number of different thoughts, which were, were quite nice, and I thank her for the note. But she summarizes or ends with the question: I find myself asking more and more when I walk quietly down a street, or cooking a meal, or driving somewhere. Is what would this feel like if the buzz wasn't there? The buzz being the awareness of the background chatter connected to everything at all times that comes with the Internet age. I'm thankful to be able to remember growing up in the country where you saw what was in front of you, and that was all that existed. These days, it is hard to escape the sense that the entire world is there with you always. 
Yeah, that is that is very true. You know, I had a just a fantastic experience that I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. Judy and I went for a hike up in the high Sierra, and we're totally out of cell range for the longest time. Uh, no signal, and it was absolutely wonderful. And then I came back to town and was uh, smacking balls on the driving range, and a buddy of mine said, I had a wonderful weekend. You know what I did? I went for a long hike with my wife, and we were out of cell range, and it was just it was the most wonderful thing ever. And we both had that exactly the same experience, felt exactly the same way to it, and I have a feeling that both of us went back to staring at our phone all day. And I try to do it less than some people, but, you know, I do it more than I ought to. Well, and everybody always tells that same story when they're more or less forced into it. <laughs> and they, they love it. Everybody has the same experience. Right. That they love it, but it's <clears> because you were forced into it. Right. We, we, and we rented, rented a house in the mountains, and we had no cell phone, uh, and it was awesome. You know, we can all do that on our own, but... yeah. Well, maybe it is more like crack than we realize. People who, oh, it is. who get off of crack feel great, but they spend every day thinking, I kind of want to hit a crack. Speaking of which, a uh, nice note here from Nancy. Depressing, but nice. The other day, I passed a woman on the street who was intently looking at her cell phone. Next to her was a boy. I assume her son looking up at her and chatting away excitedly about something. She seemed oblivious to him. This particular scenario struck me because the boy reminded me of my son. When he was small, he always had something exciting to tell me. The day comes when you miss your child's ongoing chatter and desperate need to share with you their latest adventure in living. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good point. It breaks my heart to see children ignored because their parents can't look away from their phones. Yeah, that that's true. But I got to tell you, because I, I hear from, a, like, if I'm hanging around people my age, they have, most of the people have raised their kids already. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I get it. But I can tell you, having little kids now and being in it, um, you're being too hard on yourself, I think, oftentimes. Sometimes you can't listen to your kids every single story they tell you or mm. you will never get anything done. <laughs> mm. Mm. You just won't. You will never get a single thing done. You won't make dinner. You won't pay your bills. You won't do anything. Do we have some sort of theme music for when I'm super unfair, Michael? I mean, not my usual <laughs> level of unfair, but like really, really unfair. Do we have no theme music? Okay, I'll just go ahead. And what are you trying to get done that's more important than raising your boys? I actually have felt late. I have actually felt lately that I have gone too far in the direction of everything you have to say is the most important thing in the world. Mm. And, and I think I've done harm. Need to toughen them up a little bit. I think that lately I've been trying to send the message of there are things mom and dad have to get done sometimes, and you need to find a way to play on your own. Very good. Or wait for the story for later. Very good. So that yeah. might be what that person was doing there. Right. I'm just telling you, being in the middle of it. There is a balance. Yeah. We're, you, only, we're only accepting stories in written form at this time. Wow. If you could go ahead and pin that out, that'd be great. If Two minutes could, in length must be entertaining. Son, if you could give me a quick elevator pitch on this story, just, all right, I was at school and Johnny was mean to me. Hmm, I like it. It's got conflict and <laughs> pathos. Let's, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, a lot of reaction to our... Our interview with Ken Burns. Uh, Mr. Burns. Right after uh, the interview, I took down the quotes and sent the email below. Then I heard you repeat the exact quotes. He said, there were three things he said that stood out in my mind, and, and uh, John was kind enough to transcribe them. Certainty is the enemy of communication. Real communication. That's what we're talking about with the... The warm blanket of certainty. My side is always right. The other side never has any good points. They're evil people. You wrap yourself in the warm blanket of certainty, and it feels great. I don't want 
real communication. I want communication that is profitable. Mm. That's what I want. So, neglecting his children and a greed head. Let's see. Oh, also, Wynton Marcellus saying, sometimes a thing and the opposite of a thing are true at the same time. That's a mind blower right there. Uh, yeah. You expect yeah. that out of a jazz trumpetist. Well, you know, it's funny. Somebody said the genius, the definition of genius is you can keep two opposing thoughts in your head at the same time. I, I'm not sure I'm a genius. I walk around like that all day long. I, there's nothing simple in my head. Nothing. Crazy as a hoot owl. Uh, and then finally, he was talking about it. And if you missed the interview, it's available on the podcast. Go ahead and listen to it. Um, he was talking about the fact that everybody is super respectful and calm trying to decide how to do the massive Vietnam project. And in the baseball project, everybody got pretty heated, and there were some real arguing matches. And then during the jazz project, he had to keep people from beating each other down. And he said, the passions are so great because the stakes are so small, which I thought was really wise, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Don writes, um, when Ken Burns said that Vietnam provides the Rosetta Stone for what's going on today, he hit the nail on the head. We failed to learn from France's experience in Vietnam than from the Soviet losses in Afghanistan, continuing to make it the longest war we've ever thought a recurring theme is the initial sending of military advisors to train natives who should know how to fight their native environment better than we do. He goes on to make a couple of great points. Presidential egos haven't changed since Johnson or Nixon. Um, we're going to talk to an expert or two today about the emerging uh, conflict involving our friends, the Kurds, our most loyal, hardworking, decent allies in the Middle East next to Israel. The Kurds are about to get the hell whooped out of them. And if we don't come to their aid, well, we're we're just... A useless friend, and yet it they're looks like hell, another quagmire. They're getting the hell whipped, whipped out of them by U.S. equipment, right? In the hands of the Iraqis, who and, are backed by Iran and, yeah. and Shiite militias that are backed by Iran. Yeah, Iran's against the Kurds, which you know sort of makes you think immediately we would be on the side of the Kurds. But then this uh, Liba Kamradin, Liba uh, beloved comrades, great show, outstanding interview with Ken Burns. I've hitherto avoided watching his documentary on the Vietnam War. Not enough people use the hitherto. word hitherto. Wow. Well done. I feel like I'm with my mom again. Uh, note to self, call mom. Uh, frankly, because I'm uh, suspicious it would not be an even-handed treatment. After listening to your show, I'm going to give it a go. Vietnam Nam, he says. This is apparently the Vietnamese national anthem. Communists cannot write a good tune. It always sounds so, like, overly dramatic, you know? The communists, we take everything too seriously. We're going to take away your rights, but trust us, we'll build a utopia. Oh, whoops, it's not a utopia, you're all in jail. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it goes with the economists. Uh, that's the last line. Oh, whoops, it's not a utopia. You're on all in jail. <laughs> kind of turns there at the end. <laughs> that's a, a loose translation. My Vietnamese is a little rusty. Yeah, you might want to check that. What kind of national anthem is that? Whoops, they actually were whoops. Was a, uh, that was one of the lyrics. So we got Marshall's news. We got your response to uh, my understanding that we uh, our entire show is wrong. Uh, we got the um, Courtney Love story. We got all that. <laughs> Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Yeah, Marshall's going to mention it here. We've got. We'll have to go big with it later. It requires a certain amount of conversation. That's President Trump on contacting yeah. the relatives of dead soldiers. Y- y- if you mm. haven't followed that story from yesterday. Oh, boy. I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, so let's plunge ahead. Yeah. News now. News now with Marshall Phillips. We've got a lot of evacuation orders now being lifted, but fire crews still busy cutting fire lines in Northern California. Got 41 people, at least 41 people confirmed dead. 300 are still missing in the wildfires that continue to burn in Northern California. You know, it's worth mentioning it's just interesting that the death toll is is very near that of the devastating hurricane that wiped out Puerto Rico. It's getting such yep. enormous attention and discussion and debate, etc. Uh, it's just interesting. The Sonoma County Sheriff's Office saying that evacuation orders have been lifted for a couple of neighborhoods in Santa Rosa. Tom Ad- Andrews uh, returned. He found his home still standing. Disbelief. You know, and just feeling like the luckiest guy on earth. 8,000 people evacuated from their homes in Mendocino County, now allowed to return as well. Turns out President Trump's nominee for the nation's drug czar is withdrawing his name from consideration. Trump tweeting about an hour ago, Representative Tom Marino has informed me he is withdrawing his name from consideration as drugs are, Tom is a fine man and a great congressman. Well, I don't know if the White House contacted him and said, look, this isn't going to work out, obviously, or if he just caught which way the wind is blowing. But after that big 60 Minutes piece on Sunday night, right? Um, there was no chance he was going to be able to be the drugs are. And yesterday, when asked about it, President Trump said, yeah, we're going to take a look at that. And if he's not the right guy, we'll get somebody else. OK, well, that's, you know, that's writing on the wall right there. Yeah, that, uh, that piece that Jack was talking about detailed Marino's involvement in helping pass legislation that weakened the DEA's authority to stop drug distributors. They did that with the Washington Post, yeah. but I'm thinking it got the attention because it was on TV. Because a lot more people are watching TV than sitting down and reading a newspaper article. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. It's amazing in my yeah. lifetime how many times 60 Minutes has done a big story and you have Congress reacting that week. That they, that they have yeah. the ability to actually, you know... Uh, change things or have, have start wheels in motion. I don't know of any other show that can actually do that on a regular basis. Except the Armstrong and Getty show. Well, there's this weird kind of thing that <laughs> you see happen all the time in, in some ways similar to the, to the Weinstein thing, right? Like, he wasn't fired from the board of directors because they found out he was a sexual pervert. Right. He got fired because we found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President Trump surprised the media yesterday. He gave not one, but two extensive Q&A sessions, and one of his seemingly off-the-cuff comments has caused some controversy. Before we get to that, because that's going to dominate it, how about the fact he got a president of the United States? I think this is awesome, and he's not getting enough credit for this. 45 minutes, he took 31 questions. He let people ask follow-ups. He'll just answer any question. No president has ever done that, according to all the reporters. And not hand-picked. Let's see. That'll be a friendly question. That'll be tough, but not too tough. No, just took all comers. Yeah. Yeah. 31 questions. That's incredible. But anyway, he said this. Well, while making what some reporters thought were long overdue comments about the U.S. soldiers killed in an ambush in uh, Niger earlier this month, the president suggested, well, you know, some prior presidents, including former President Obama, did not call the families of fallen troops. If you look at uh, President Obama and other presidents, most of them uh, didn't make calls. A lot of them didn't make calls. 
I like to call when it's appropriate, when I think I'm able to do it. Now, Trump later qualified his comments. I was told that he didn't often, and a lot of presidents don't. They write letters. I do, excuse me, Peter, I do a combination of both. Now, Trump's critics jumped on the claim his, pres- uh, his predecessors didn't make calls to the families of the nation's fallen. A former aide to President Obama calls Trump's statement deranged, and a spokesman for the former president, George W. Bush, says he called or met hundreds, if not thousands, of family members of the war dead. Well, if you remember, after uh, George Bush launched the war in Iraq, that was a big thing for him. Yeah. And uh, was was pretty a pretty public story. Yeah. Why does Trump say things like that? He's Even constantly it... bragging, constantly promoting, and constantly saying crap, making crap up. Even if that were true, and it's not, right. but even if it were true, why would you say something like that? Well, George Bush made hundreds, and listen, I know plenty of you have gripes with W, and they're legitimate, but he made hundreds of trips to Walter Reed yeah. to, to visit the wounded. No press, no photography, no nothing. It was a personal thing for him. He did not want any credit for it. Um, it was the exact opposite. Trump just, he's full of crap. Is his is is his deal? And it's just way out of line to say that he Damn. makes crap up. He's always self promoting, and this time he went too far because we're talking about you know the wounded and the dead. That was but a as very said, uncool thing since, to say. You know, yeah. I can't believe Trump said this since since the campaign. I've been telling you, Trump says all sorts of crap. This is just in that category. Estranged brothers Harvey and Bob Weinstein set to face off against each other at a company-wide board meeting set for today. Harvey's in Arizona at sex rehab. He'll call in on a speakerphone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe anybody even pretends to take this seriously. He's He's on the board. They're the laws and bylaws. He's calling in from sex rehab (laughs) to be in on the, uh, the, the conference. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> TMZ is saying the it's board... It's going great. I'm getting help. I'm feeling better every day. I think I'm over this. Yeah, TM... I painted a tree, some still life yesterday. It's really helping me kind of channel my aggressions. The whole 30 years yeah. of raping women, I think I'm right. over it. Plus, I think the nurse is out for me. <laughs> TMZ says the board may fire Weinstein as the first order of business, then disconnect the speakerphone yeah. and throw his lawyer out of yeah, the meeting. That seems like a good move. What are the chances we can get the two Weinstein brothers in a ring? Strip them to the waist and have them bare knuckle. I mean, just beat the bejesus out of each other. Come on, Russia, North Korea. Somebody hack into that conference so we can all listen to it. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Calling in from sex rehab. (laughs) (laughs) He's got bigger problems than his company. He might end up going to prison. Yeah. Yeah, just like uh, was observed moments ago, now all the law enforcement agencies who had a lot of this evidence are saying, yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take another look at this. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Dirty Fool right there he's playing. Yeah, we'll look into it. Yeah, LAPD is uh, taking a close look at some. He's never been never gone after him before, but might now. Well, you got so many things we promised you. Um, what first? Courtney Love Story? And that would be good. And then the long, soul-searching discussion of what the hell we're doing around here. Uh, Yeah, we got some text on that. We should get back to John McCain in the Ash Cheeks of History. I'm sorry, Ash Heap of History. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
half-baked, spurious nationalism cooked up by people who would rather find scapegoats than solve problems is as unpatriotic as an attachment to any other tired dogma of the past that Americans consigned to the ash, cheap, the ash heap of history. Hmm. Wow, that's too gets, bad. Gets to his big line. Accidentally says ash cheek of history. <laughs> oh. and, and it's a good speech. I mean, it's pretty entertaining speech. Oh, yeah. Well, Whether you he, agree with it or not, I don't he's know. He's a war hero and he had something to say. You got to right. respect that. And then he said ash cheek. <laughs> It's unfortunate. That's what that is. So we've got... Yeah, yeah somebody texted, four sores and seven... Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> uh, uh, we've got more of the John McCain speech later. There's a real good article in New York Post today, the history of the whole casting couch thing in Hollywood that goes back forever, mm, and, yeah. uh, and, and, and every era acts like it's a thing of the past, and it continues. And probably 20 years from now, we'll, we'll we'll unearth some other scumbag and find out that it's still going on then. Pretty much guaranteed. Yep. Yeah. Plus, we have soul searching to do. And, and now, ladies and gentlemen, the Courtney Love story. <laughs> Why don't you take the lead on this? I was so preoccupied at the time. So we're in Lake Tahoe for, uh, for, for a thing. Doesn't it was matter. a poker tournament, I think. Which is um, why I was preoccupied. We're, we're, we're in Lake Tahoe, and uh, we're just hanging around, and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're drinking. Or at least I'm drinking. And... Um, and oh, I was drinking. There's a crowd gathering, and we get wind of what's going on here. Some radio station somewhere in America had had a contest where it was for Valentine's Day or something. Yeah. Court, because Courtney Love's name has love in it. Yes, and it she's was, a rock star. It was get married and have Courtney Love perform the service. She is going to perform your your wedding ceremony. Right. And this radio, it seemed like a decent radio contest, I guess. And so the, the payoff for it was in Tahoe, they're going to have the wedding in this room and everything like that. And we're just in the lobby, and, and people are gathering around, and we get wind of what's going on. So everybody starts walking in there. And so we just wait for the right moment and gra- go join the crowd and walk in there. So that we get into the, uh, the, the the wedding thing that the radio stations happen. What's better than lover? And <laughs> crashing a wedding like Jerry Rice. Yeah, <laughs> crashing <laughs> a wedding. So we're in there in, in this little auditorium and everything like that. And it's a full-on serious wedding, especially for the older people. That's where this is, is sad more than funny, this mm. part of it is. There were, like, grandmas and grandpas there that were there to see their, you know, their, their little granddaughter get married. They're at the wedding. Suit and tie, grandma, the full outfit. People are taking it very seriously. Mom and dad were there, too. Yeah. And then Courtney Love comes out. And she is freaking hammered. Right. I mean, just hammered. And looks every bit of it. Oh, wobbling around, lipstick all over, you know, just it's that whole cig hanging from her mouth. Because <laughs> yes, it was a casino. Yeah, and Grandma and Grandpa are looking more uh, uncomfortable, the uh, the people at the wedding. And, and she slurs out some things. I think she dropped a couple of F-bombs, yeah. too. Yeah. All right, we got to get effing started and... Yeah, I, I think I'm supposed to read this, and you know it's cool that yeah. it was loose, but it was like because if we'd done it, it would be loose, it'd be fun. But she was like, had no idea what she was doing. Hammered, didn't care, loose, and 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 grandma and grandpa, and mom and dad are getting more and more mortified. There's a couple of people who think it's funny. The the bride and groom are looking uncertain as to are we in on this joke or are we the joke. 
I could have just enjoyed it if it hadn't have been for the people who were taking the wedding completely seriously, because it was a real wedding. Right. And uh, got all dressed up. and Yeah, for what? those sort of things, you almost have to do two weddings, right? You have to do kind of the, the goofy one with, yeah. hey, Courtney Love is the best, is good, and then do one, like a real one with the family right. at a small thing or something. Yeah. Well, this is what I was trying to tell you before. you got to stomp that soul of yours down. Empathy, shmempathy. That's what I say. Just enjoy the misery. Yeah, she was so hammered, and the F-bombs and everything like that. Well, it was just... she was so obviously miserable, too. Oh, yeah. She didn't She didn't even try to seem like it was a, a nice occasion or care or anything like that. God, it was just an exercise in, in, in <laughs> apathy and, and, and what they used to call dissipation. Everybody was living a miserable life, and the oldsters were disappointed. Where well, old producer Scott was in there, and I remember we were walking out, and he said, I feel like I need a shower. Yeah, yeah. that's what it felt like. You shouldn't feel like you need a shower after a wedding. And Courtney slunk off into some doorway and was not seen again. <laughs> is our show all wrong? We think perhaps it is. Jimmy Kimmel would say so. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.